This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. This is the New Yorker Radio Hour. A co-production of WNYC Studios and the New Yorker. This is the New Yorker Radio Hour. I'm David Remnick. The Little Mermaid, a remake of the animated classic that's now using live actors, opens this weekend. A remake like this is not without all kinds of risks. The underwater musical sequences have to convince us that they're real. Generations of fans grew up on the 1989 original, and they'll hold it to some very high standards. And ever since the singer and actress Halle Bailey was announced as the new Ariel, there's been a racist backlash from a small but loud chorus on social media, and it feels all too familiar. While it's got a lot of fans, it is also being attacked by some internet trolls. Actress Halle Bailey stars as Ariel in Disney's new live-action film, and she looks nothing like the animated Little Mermaid with red hair from the original 1989 classic. Then there are the ugly, racist tweets. The Little Mermaid is white, not black. Nomi Fry covers pop culture for The New Yorker, and she talked about The Little Mermaid the other day with its director, Rob Marshall. Now, Marshall is not your typical blockbuster director. He began his career as a dancer on Broadway, but he was injured while performing in Cats. So he eventually turned to filmmaking. Since then, Marshall has directed Chicago, which 20 years ago won the Oscar for Best Picture, and he's made ambitious musical films like Into the Woods, and Mary Poppins Returns. Here's Rob Marshall talking with Nomi Fry. Thank you so much for um, being here. Oh, thank today. you, Nomi. Lovely to be here. Yeah, such a seems like such a monumental achievement to even like approach this text and bring it to the mm. screen in the way that you have. And I guess I'll start by asking, what was your relationship with The Little Mermaid before mm. you know starting this project? Were you a fan? Did you have any thoughts about it or associations? Yes. Well, you know, it's funny. In 1989, when the film came out, the animated film, I was doing Broadway. And I remember the whole Broadway community was so excited that this really? film was coming out because it was really the return of the musical to the screen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Even though it was animated, you know, there was like a proper score. Life under the sea is People actually singing. They got going on up there. This seaweed is always greener in somebody else's lake. You dream about going up there, but that is a big mistake. Just look at the world. I mean, musicals were dead at that point. Mm-hmm. And so we were so excited. I was so thrilled to see it in the theater. And I remember later, years later, when I did the film Chicago, mm-hmm. um, it felt like, you know, that was sort of pushing the door open for live action musicals. But in a way, it all started with this Little Mermaid in 1989 because it was really a resurgence of musicals on film. 
Down here all the fish is happy As off through the waves they roll The fish on the land ain't happy You think about all those incredible films like Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin, all those musicals, original musicals for film that came. And, um, you know, so I've always had like a connection to it, feeling like it opened the door for me and and That's so interesting to think about. I guess I, you know, not being part of the Broadway community, I've never thought about it in that way. You know, for me, it was just like a beloved Disney, you know, animated movie. But it does have that component of being... A full-on it's an, I mean, musical, it was, and it's on screen. So that was the connection to it. And then, and then, you know, musicals for me, like my first movie that I ever saw was Mary Poppins. You know, but there was Oliver and mm-hmm. uh, My Fair Lady and Sound of Music, and you know, those movies just shaped me as a young child. Mm-hmm. So I always, you know, I, I mean, literally, I was always dancing around my house, literally, literally around the living room, yeah. literally. Literally, one time I was like dancing from couch to chair to couch to chair and landed on the coffee table and broke it. Oh, God. <laughs> so that was not good. Yeah. But I mean, it's just if it's in you, it's in you. It's, it's yeah. you know, you somehow you catch the bug and it's part of you, you know. Was it an immediate yes from you? When no, they actually, okay. it wasn't. Okay. I mean, in fact, I think we might have turned it down twice. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> well, because we thought, well, how do you do that? Yeah. And I was also concerned about a remake. I really didn't want to do a frame-by-frame remake of something, mm-hmm. but they were excited about us reimagining it mm-hmm. and uh, looking at it from another angle. And I have to say, for me, I went back to the Hans Christian Andersen tale. Interesting. That really helped me because I okay. saw in that a very modern story. It's really mm-hmm. timeless mm-hmm. about a young girl who feels displaced, yeah. doesn't feel she belongs. Um And, you know, really embarks on a journey of self-discovery and also breaking down the barriers and walls between herself, her world, and the other world. Mm -hmm. Look at this stuff. Isn't it neat? Wouldn't you think my collection's complete? And so it was really about prejudice and 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 breaking down those barriers. Mm-hmm. And I just felt, wow, isn't that the world we live in? I mean, for me, the whole time I was doing this movie, it felt really like an antidote to the times we're living in. I mean, the divisive world we live in. So I got excited about the idea of 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 the story and of this movie. And then it was really like, how do you do it, though? Exactly. <laughs> how do you do and it? And so what was the first, I mean, for me watching it, and I imagine for a lot of lay people watching it who aren't, you know, knowledgeable about exactly how CGI works and how thinking about directing and doing choreography mm-hmm. and singing mm-hmm. uh, kind of vis-a-vis these new technologies, mm-hmm. what is the first step when you approach a project like wow, this? Wow, such a good question. I mean, the first thing we did really was um, realize that we had to do all of the underwater work in a blue screen stage because you can't okay. we can't use actual water because people mm-hmm. are singing mm-hmm. <laughs> right right yeah and speaking Bubble City, and, you right. know so mm-hmm. it doesn't work like that so we had to create that environment but what i realized was you know we had to be weightless people had to be able to fly around and move and swim i mean that was the whole idea so right. and exactly. i realized that the way to start would be the sort of the conventional way which is storyboarding. So you storyboard mm-hmm. the scene like this is how it should be. That mm-hmm. moved into something called animatics, which okay. is like a live storyboard, like a moving storyboard. And then we moved into something called 
pre-visualization, which is almost like a little mini movie, little mini huh. animated movie. So you have this all planned out prior, and that took months and months and months and months and, and months. And this is all digital, or does it yes, involve all, any live not actors? Yet, in not capacity? yet. Okay. So it's really just the shape, because what we had to do is we had to communicate what the scene would be to the stunt teams. Mm-hmm. And to our production designer and costume designer and cinematographer, you know, how we're going to move the camera, how we're going to – how are we going to move the actors around? Right. So each – literally in a scene, as an example, mm-hmm. in a scene, I would say action eventually and the actors would be on one sort of rig and they would do a couple lines and I'd say cut. Now we'd have to put them on another rig to do that move. Wow. So it was like literally shot in pieces. I mean, the the goal for me is mm-hmm. that when you see the film, you're unaware of any kind of... Sure, it's seamless. Seamless. Yeah. And also, mm-hmm. what's there um, that's real are the people. But of what's course. not real is, I mean, the CGI elements is everything around them. So the water, mm-hmm. the vegetation, the fish, all of those things, the mm-hmm. whole world around them, that's completely digital, as is their hair. They all had wig huh. caps. They all had wear wig caps because the hair is moving. And then I was going to ask about the hair. Yes, and then even Ariel's costume is all digital. That's now, of cool. course, we built it so that when she's on on land, you see it. But but underwater, it was just. Uh, I, mean, I mean, I guess Javier Bardem as Triton had his armor, so that was truly real. Right. And. Um, Melissa McCarthy as Ursula, her top, mm-hmm. a lot of that was real. Yeah. But ultimately, you know, it was all created. But that that's why the movie took four and a half years because the post-production on this took two years. Right. And, you know, I was relentless about the look of it because it had to be – you had to believe. And yeah. for me, as soon as I'm in a film and I see some CGI work that I feel is just so artificial, I feel mm, – you can know? you tell? Is yeah. that something that... I can, unfortunately. Yeah. I, mean, I try not to. I just want to sort of live in the world. But when it pulls you out, it's not good. This is the New Yorker Radio Hour. More to come. WNYC Studios is supported by Lincoln Financial. The questions around retirement have gotten... tiring. Instead of, have you saved up enough? Shouldn't they be asking, what is it that you love to do? And how can we help you keep doing it? The truth is, you're not slowing down. So your retirement plan should be more of an action plan. A hiking plan. A music plan. A sailing plan. The point is, whatever you're passionate about, we can help make sure you never stop. At Lincoln Financial, we have the products to help protect and grow your financial future so you can keep doing more of what you love. Make your pastimes last a lifetime at lincolnfinancial.com slash action plan. Lincoln Financial Group, marketing name for Lincoln National Corporation and its insurance companies and broker slash dealer affiliate Lincoln Financial Distributors, Inc. Copyright 2024, Lincoln National Corporation. Hi, it's David Remnick. As the 2024 election draws near, it's more important than ever to understand exactly what's happening in American politics. The New Yorker offers definitive reporting and analysis by some of the best writers and political thinkers watching the campaign. Commentators and reporters, including Susan Glasser, Jane Mayer, Jelani Cobb, Masha Gessen, Evan Osnos, Ben Wallace-Wells, and many more are providing incisive analysis that you don't want to miss. 
Subscribers get unlimited access to all of it. And we're offering a deal just for podcast listeners, 15% off a yearly digital subscription. Visit newyorker.com and use the code POD15. That's P-O-D-1-5 for 15% off a digital subscription to The New Yorker. The funny thing about musicals for me in general is, you know, a musical, especially a musical film, can go off the rails in two seconds because there's that moment when someone starts to sing where it either feels organic and earned and yeah. real or it feels completely embarrassing. <laughs> oh, totally. <laughs> you know? Yeah, because there's a moment – it's a moment of artifice. It's like, yes. oh, suddenly you're singing? Yes. Like what's happening? Exactly. Yeah. And it only works when it feels like an extension of the scene mm-hmm. in some way. Like they can't – like words aren't enough so you sing or yeah. movement's not enough so you dance and yeah. it should feel seamless and organic and mm-hmm. that's always been the goal Yeah, and I'm always aware of that when I'm working on um, a movie especially because it's such a real genre you know you're sitting in the movie it's different in a the theater you're in a theater and it feels artificial already so when someone sings it doesn't feel yeah. it's too strange but mm-hmm. movies are so realistic that yeah. you have to be so careful about how that first moment happens in the, you know, uh, when the first moment of singing happens I mean with in our film, Ariel is, sings Part of Your World. That's the first musical number in the movie. Yeah. It's 15 minutes in. It's 15, mm-hmm. right. It yeah. takes a while because I was watching and I was like, okay, I know this movie <laughs> is supposed to be a musical, but I was like, yeah. oh, mm-hmm. she's singing. It's been a while since the beginning. Yes. It does take a little bit. It does. Bit. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it, you know, every musical has their own sort of shape. Mm-hmm. And this is sort of the shape of that because that song is literally like – our, like our version of Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's an I want song. And it's what it's what begins the motor of the whole piece. Mm-hmm. What do, what's, what's her goal? What does she want? Mm-hmm. When people talk about I want songs, they always reference part of your world mm-hmm. or Somewhere Over the Rainbow. You mm-hmm. know, that's what that is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I wanted to create at the beginning – um, I wanted to create a real world above on the ship. I wanted to make sure that you were inside the story and believed it before we're sort of asking people to hear someone sing. And it's what I love about part of your world is that it's just her thoughts. It, 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 you know, it's an extension of what she's feeling and she's speaking to Flounder. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't understand why, you know, those people up there, you know, why we should be afraid of them. Yeah. If, if you know, because she's collecting all these beautiful things, you mm-hmm. know, they make all these beautiful things. I don't believe they can be that bad, mm-hmm. you know, and I feel like, wow, I mean, that she has that moment, she can actually sing it and it can come from her almost like an internal monologue coming out of her, you know. Yeah. And the goal is that by the time she sings, you're ready for that. You know, you feel right. ready, and now you're that ready, and you can embrace a mm-hmm. uh, musical. Mm-hmm. Betcha on land, they understand. Bet they don't reprimand their daughters. Bright young women, sick of forming, ready to stand. Ready to know what the people know. Questions and get some answers. What's a fire and why does it? What's the word? Burn. When did my turn? Wouldn't I love, love to explore the trouble 
that obviously also touches on all of these questions of kind of cultural, you know, the complaints that because, you know, uh, Halle Bailey is a woman of color yes. and, you know, this is a very diverse uh, version of the story, adaptation of the story, uh, there was kind of backlash that this is like, oh, it's too woke, you know, like they're doing, Disney is going woke, you know, yeah, all, of, all yes. of that talk. Yes. Um, well, it's ironic. I'll tell you why. There was zero agenda. Interesting. Okay. Uh, so when we went to cast the role of Ariel, mm-hmm. um, it was let's find the best person for the role, mm-hmm. period. That was it. Mm-hmm. We saw everybody. We saw every ethnicity. We just looked for the best person. Mm-hmm. And Hallie came in. She sang Part of Your World. It was so moving, so touching, so deep. And then she read for us, and I was she was eighteen when she came in for us. Wow, that's she's twenty three now. So, so yeah. that's the right. That's, that's the that's, that's the how long length, it took. Right? Yeah. And she was um, otherworldly. And when people see the film, they'll see she's Ariel. I never thought once about skin color. Mm-hmm. I mean, I will say it was my intention to make the sisters the daughters of the seven seas because I really wanted to lean into the mythology of Triton and all of that. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, mm-hmm. there we, here we are. We have seven of these, you know, mm-hmm. mermaids. mermaids. So let's make them the daughters of the seven seas. So that was fun. But it was never sort of like, let's do a woke version of Little Mermaid. Sure. It was, let's just do the best version of Little Mermaid. And I hope, you know, to me, this whole controversy in a way feels archaic. I mean, I, you know, like from another century, you know. Totally. I mean, I yeah. did... I did Cinderella mm-hmm. as a choreographer in 1997 that, mm-hmm. with Brandy playing Cinderella. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember course. that with yeah. Whoopi and, and yeah. this fabulous cast and Whitney Houston. Yeah. And it was a, it was a colorblind casting, and it mm-hmm. was sort of so, sort of, you know, I don't know, new at that time. Yeah. But that was 1997. Yeah, yeah. Thanks so much, Rob. No, Thank this you. has been a pleasure. This has been so nice. Rob Marshall is the director of Disney's new Little Mermaid, and he spoke with Nomi Fry, a staff writer at The New Yorker. Look at the sun and the sky and the sand and the sea behind me. Look at me I'm David Remnick, and that's our program for today. I hope you enjoyed it. See you next time. The New Yorker Radio Hour is a co-production of WNYC Studios and The New Yorker. Our theme music was composed and performed by Meryl Garbes of Tune Yards with additional music by Louis Mitchell. This episode was produced... At Radiolab, we love nothing more than nerding out about science, neuroscience, chemistry. But, but we do also like to get into other kinds of stories. Stories about policing or... Politics. Country music. Hockey. Sex. Of bugs. (laughs) Regardless of whether we're looking at science or not science, we bring a rigorous curiosity to get you the answers. And hopefully make you see the world anew. Radiolab, adventures on the edge of what we think we know. Wherever you get your podcasts.